0: I came in with an Ironman triathlon background, so yeah. I could swim, um, I could swim, bike, and run for as long as you wanted me to. Mm-hmm. Um, but by far and away, my weakness was um, in order, power, then speed, then
1: strength. That's a good example, though, because I mean, in the triathlon community, it's like that's probably like you're fit, right? But the way CrossFit defines fitness, it's like I was severely lacking. It was just like <laughs> yeah. there were some there were some holes that in there. Yes.
2: Welcome to another episode of Chasing Excellence. Thank you so much for stopping by. The beginning of this show is a little bit different because I am all by myself. Ben is taking a well-deserved break after the games. And so we wanted to bring you an episode from the CF Anyway, which we've done before. It's, a, it's the internal podcast that we do over at the gym for the members there. Occasionally, we're able to take subject matters and episodes that we do there and we bring them over here. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, today's episode uh, is going to be all about the 10 components of fitness. Uh, what they are, why, are you, why they're important, why we talk about them. So let us jump to the conversation between Dan and Ben. Hope you enjoy, and we'll be back to normal next week.
1: Thanks. We're talking about the 10 general physical skills today. And cool. I've created an, a couple mnemonic devices to help us remember those.
0: I don't know what a mnemonic device is. You know, is. it's
1: when like, you have the things and then you create a sentence to like, help remember Like an that. acronym.
0: I th- or like, pretty please, my dear Aunt Molly.
1: What does that one stand for?
0: Um, it's the way you do um ed- um math stuff. So you do the pa- pa- you do the pa pow- parentheses then the pow powers parentheses pretty please my multiplication dear division aunt, su- um addition and then Sally subscri- subtraction subtractions subtractions. <laughs> yes. Do you That's still pretty do good. math? I knew
1: that, right? Do you still do math out Pretty way? please
0: my dear my ma- Everyone, do you just, you're supposed to do, you, you, you have to do whip math out your way.
1: phone. You Yeah. Right. <laughs> <That>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My yeah. third grade teacher she's like you'll never be able to have a calculator with you now we all have it yes liar i forget <laughs> her name but
0: damn I damn c- you mrs noun
1: uh mrs noun <laughs> i created a couple mnemonic devices to remember it so the 10 physical skills are are these in order these are in order cool we got endurance stamina strength flexibility power speed coordination agility balance and accuracy and i've created one and my friend john skansky has created one ways to remember this for people at home. So the first one is each student should find porcupines. Scary cages are barely adequate. (laughs) So first of all, like if you're putting a porcupine in a cage, that's like, it's got open edges, like it can just shoot the quills out. So cages won't work. You got to put it in a box. So you tell yourself a story. Each student should find porcupines Uh, scary cages are barely adequate. And then mine, which I didn't write down. Wait, that was John's? That was, was, was John's. Okay. And then mine, which I didn't write down, was every single sailor feels pretty sad, comma, after big adventures.
0: And that, I can remember that one. Yeah. Every single sailor feels, feels pretty, pretty, ba- sad. Pre- pretty sad pre- after big adventures. Comma. Comma, after big after adventures. After big adventures.
1: Comma right. is for coordination. Oh. I actually threw it at the seat. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it worked out perfectly. Oh my God. It worked That's out good. perfectly. That's good. I was like, why the comma? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we went over the 10 physical skills and a couple ways to remember them. But the 10 physical skills are, they're not unique and in they're individual right to CrossFit. But when we kind of put them together, they say a lot about our program and what we do. They say, a,
0: yes, absolutely. Um, they're one of the defining characteristics of what, how you can explain CrossFit. Mm-hmm. But I think more importantly, um, they're the 10 physiological adaptations that take place from practice and training and are present in most sports.
1: Correct. And um, there's some different ways. You said like practice and training. So Mm -hmm. there's a couple that we get better at through training and there's a couple that we get better at through practice. Yes. And there's some we get better at both. Yes. And good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, as far as like the practice ones, what are those? And like, what goes what goes into practice versus yeah, training? What maybe is the before we do
0: that, is like, yeah. what's the cause people hear that and they go, what the hell is the difference between practice and training? Yeah, like, yeah. When I come to the gym, what I is, don't even. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm. Do- I thought I was yeah. doing. I didn't know there was a difference between mm-hmm. the two. So practice is developed through focused, um, light, feedback, thoughtful low intensity, dot, 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 right? Mm-hmm. So let's take an example of, so first now let's give you kind of like the, the, the ones that get improved through practice. Correct. So um, they are the balance, accuracy, coordination, coordination, and agility. So it's the bottom four. Yep. Um, those are ones that are very skill dependent. So let's say you want to get better at double unders. And people, what most people do when they want to get better at double unders is if you listen to other coaches or other athletes, they'll say, well, double-unders are always done in a workout. You're never going to see this event by itself that's like 100 double-unders for time. Mm-hmm. So what you need to do is you need to get good at double-unders when you're fatigued. So right when you finish a workout, grab your jump rope and try and do as many double-unders as you can in two minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong approach because <laughs> what you're doing there is you're in a pre-fatigued state. You're not going to be practicing that movement. You're going to be training it. So let's talk about training is under this. Yeah. I will come back to this. Training is with heavier loads, higher heart rates, higher intensity. It's generally what we associate with what we do when we do CrossFit training. But you, certain aspects only get better through, through practice. And that is the skill development. Mm-hmm. If it is an accuracy if it is a balance, a coordination, or agility issue, you're not gonna get better at that through training it as much as you are through practicing it. So if you wanna get better at double-unders, I don't think that you're not good at double-unders because you're not fit enough, Correct. right? If people can run a seven-minute mile or even an eight-minute mile, they probably have the fitness to do 20, 30, 40, even 60 or 100, mm-hmm. you definitely, if you can run a seven-minute mile, you have the fitness to do probably 100 to 150 unbroken double-unders. But people get caught up in rep number two, three, or four. Mm-hmm. In that case, it's not a fitness. It's not an. I shouldn't say fitness. It's not an engine issue. It's a neurological. It's thing. a neurological thing. It's a coordination thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So again, another level of sciencey. You pulled the word in. Those
1: bottom four that you listed. The uh, comma uh, after big adventures.
0: Yes, exactly. Calm, <laughs> after or big adventures. Or cages are barely adequate. Yes, which is coordination, accuracy, agility, and balance. Those aspects get better through practice, skillful stuff, and their neurological adaptations, meaning they get better from the synapses from your brain on down. Mm -hmm. Whereas the other ones, the endurance, the stamina, strength, and flexibility get better through training. And that is like what we typically, that is like your engine and Mm -hmm. your muscles. Yeah, You don't need engine and muscles for double-unders, you need accuracy and coordination. Yeah. So figuring out which ones and the way that we train them is very, very different depending on what you're trying to accomplish. As you alluded to, some of them need both. Most notably, things like the Olympic lifts. So let me back up a little bit. Double unders, in most cases, what you wanna do is more of the practice stuff, Mm -hmm. which is when you're not fatigued, which is before you work out. And what you're trying to do is just focus on the movement. And if you get winded, you should stop. Because if you get winded, you're building something else. Mm -hmm. It's not a neurological thing anymore. It's now becoming an engine thing. On the flip side of that, let's take something like running. In most cases, running usually has more to do with the engine issue. It's more of an organic thing, where it's about how much lung capacity you have. Dot, 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 but it could be a skill thing. So if you go running and you heel strike and you're broken at the hips, And your arms are swinging out side to side. Popeye running. Popeye running. Great great visual. You just going out doing 800 repeats is not gonna make you that much faster. Mm -hmm. You're basically having an imaginary ceiling that you're trying to move, which you're not gonna be able to through training, as well as you could if you took another approach, would be to enhance your efficiency at running through skill practice. Mm -hmm. That's why we do, when you come in here, you do little running technique stuff beforehand, you might do like bounding, you might do single leg bounding, even like the normal stuff that we do of like high knees, butt kickers, that stuff is in effort to get us to have a quicker cadence and change your mechanics of running. Mm -hmm. Now there's things like the ones that pure blend, both of them, which are speed and power. The most beautiful example of this is Olympic lifts, Mm -hmm. which take incredible amounts of strength and flexibility, as well as coordination, balance, and accuracy. Yeah. Like it needs both ends of the spectrum. That's why it's so important for Olympic lifts that you don't just always lift 90% and above. Yeah, You have to work on the movement patterns and drill in the bar path and the skills and the positions of the, the skill aspect that only comes through practicing with light loads. Yeah,
1: there's so much that goes into both of those too, because you could like, be as strong as a house, deadlift a ton of weight, but if you're not flexible and you don't have those, we see it, right? We see athletes down. that can
0: deadlift 600 pounds yeah. that can't squat snatch, literally can't squat snatch 95. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, you need both. Now that could be a flexibility issue, yeah. which should be improved through training. Yeah. But what we need to do is we need to work on the other side as well.
1: So basically, what we're saying is that everyone kind of comes in. Oh, part of CrossFit is not specializing in any of these, which is why we do all of them in workouts. We train them all. And then that's literally like at the CrossFit Games, it's yep. like, the person who is the best average of all of those is gonna be the fittest. So, you're the basically as strong as your weakest link in any of these, and people are gonna come in kind you're of- You're as fit. As fit, as, yes. yeah, yeah. I think that's what, no, you I said, said strong, as strong. Yeah. as strong. You're strong as you are strength strong. Wise. Yeah, you're <laughs> strong as you are strong. So, everyone's gonna come in like- You are strong this- as strong as
0: your productive application of force. Correct. So what that means is you are as strong as you can move an external object. Yes. So a lot of people define strength as just like how much muscles they have. Mm -hmm. That's not strength. Yeah. Having big muscles doesn't make you strong. You have to be able to move external loads to be strong.
1: Yeah. That's kind of, this is kind of basically these 10 skills is the way that CrossFit has defined part of the, one of the ways they have defined fitness and everyone kind of comes in with their own they've specialized in a certain sport mm-hmm. for whatever, how long their life has been. And everyone kind of comes in with some strengths and some weaknesses. What was your, what was your strength when you came in? What was your endurance? Weakness? endurance.
0: For sure. I came in with an Ironman triathlon background, so yeah. I could swim. Um, I could swim, bike and run for as long as you wanted me to. Mm-hmm. Um, but by far and away, my weakness was um, in order, power, then speed, then strength.
1: That's a good example though. Cause I mean, in the, triathlon community it's like that's probably like you're fit right but the way crossfit defines fitness it's like I was severely lacking it was just like <laughs> yeah. there were some there were some holes that in there yes and there's uh i mean there's a lot of cool examples on all ends of the spectrum right you have you have the marathon runners who if they tried to lift a 225 barbell they'd probably like snap in half mm-hmm. or you have the really strong guys who have trouble with running but then you also see people coming in with like more of a gymnastics background and they're pretty good on like the neurological side of things and pick up stuff fairly quickly, but might have like the engine issue. So yes, absolutely. it's like everyone's coming in with their own specialty yep. and different things to work on.
0: What what sports do you think would be, obviously CrossFit encompasses all 10 of those. Yeah, What other sports could you name that encompass a lot of them?
1: So it was funny, kind of like the first time I ever saw CrossFit was I was, uh, I was like playing baseball in this like indoor facility, but there was like a little gym off to the side and there was a bunch of rugby players working out. Mm. And I think rugby is probably like yes. rugby's probably one of those. They're like huge, strong dudes. Yeah, but so they it goes have, through it really quickly, right? Yeah. Do
0: they need endurance? Yeah. Yeah, they play far. two, they play two nonstop 40-minute halves. Mm-hmm. I would call that endurance. Yeah. Do they need strength? Oh yeah. Obviously, Big right? Dudes. Do they need um we can go a little bit quicker, right? But then mm-hmm. you think about, like, we don't have to go through the whole list. But you just kind of check all those things off. They need the
1: accuracy. They're, like, throwing and kicking, too. For sure. It's
0: I mean, there's a huge component of Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's um, a great example of yeah, it. Yeah,
1: rugby is the first one to come to mind. Um, I think that's that's my answer.
0: Rugby might be one of the, the best answers to that. CrossFit might translate to rugby better than it does to almost any other sport. Yeah. Um, some other ones that pop into mind would be, um, like, um, MMA, UFC mm-hmm. fighting, mm-hmm. um, hockey. Um, even though it is 40 to like minute long shifts, they do essentially 20 of them a game. Yeah. That's a lot of yeah. endurance. And certainly they need balance, accuracy, coordination, strength, and all mm-hmm. the other things. Um, some interesting ones to think about is things like, um, sports that people generally consider what the fittest athletes in the world do like triathletes, so of the 10 components of fitness, I was one of them. So mm-hmm. let's pick on me. Um, of those, wh- how many of the 10 components does a triathlete need?
1: I'm looking at like two. Which are the two you're pulling out? Endurance and stamina. Yeah. I would say Maybe some speed.
0: Yeah. Um, I would say that they, depending on, I would say that they don't need speed. They need speed relative to their sport. and They're mm-hmm. going fast to their sport. But speed, in it, particularly when you talk about the Ironman thing, even the guys that are winning it are not going fast. Yeah right compare um compare their speed now their top end speed compared to the people that really run fast like the usain Bolts. yeah yeah so a top um um ironman competitor probably has somewhere in the neighborhood of um a you know a 5 minute mile but their 100 meter is probably the same pace as their 5 minute mile <laughs> yeah 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 so they're not going necessarily fast so it wouldn't be speed but I would um, just kind of define what difference between um, endurance and stamina as well. Think of endurance as lung capacity and think of stamina as how long your muscles can go before they give out. So think mm-hmm. of like 100 push push-ups for time. Yeah, yeah. And certainly, they, I would say triathletes certainly do need stamina as, mm-hmm. as well. So I, would, mm-hmm. I think those are the two, the two that I would pull out for those guys as well. Yeah. And probably severely lacking in the neurological component. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. balance, actually, coordination, and agility.
1: Yeah, it's like coming in and learning the Olympic lifts. It's like speaking yeah. a whole but new language. But that's what I thought.
0: When I started triathlons, I started doing Ironman's. The reason I got into them is because I thought it was the ultimate test of fitness. Yeah. It's three different sports. So because three different sports combined, it must be the most all inclusive and fittest. Mm-hmm. And what you realize is, yeah, they're testing one thing Yeah, across three different modalities.
1: So where does the general, like general fitness, so say you're a triathlete, where does doing. Olympic lifting and doing the coordination and the neurological stuff, how does that benefit you in your sport?
0: Yeah, so what a lot of athletes do is um, they go sport specific with their training. And that's a big thing now, sport specific conditioning, sport-specific training. So if you're a hockey player, you should be doing everything in 40 second intervals with a minute and a half off. And if you're a football player, it should be four to six seconds and then you know 40 seconds off mm-hmm. and trying to get really good at that. If you're a hockey player, let's do a lot of lateral side to side lunges because that's where your sport is that's what they're already good at and they're already getting in their practices and their sports-specific training. Mm -hmm. So when they go out for their practices and they're doing, that's what they're training. When a triathlete goes out on the bike and they go out for their runs, that's what they're already training. What we should be doing in the gym is training the weakest link. That's what we should be doing. We should be working on the neurological components. We should be working on the strength of those athletes, Mm -hmm. not at the detriment. So I'm not saying, you know, put 15 pounds of muscle on these guys. That's not the idea. But getting them bigger range of motion, getting them better balance will decrease their injuries. It will increase their performance because you are only as fit, not, not how you compete in your sport specific, but yeah. you are only as fit as your weakest link as you alluded to before. Mm-hmm. So what we want to be able to do is get those guys to be better. Now, people hear that and they're kind of like, no. Like why would a kayaker – Obviously, if a kayaker came in here, what would they be phenomenal at? The guys that sit... Kayaking. Yeah. Well, yeah we don't <laughs> kayak. Yes. But with, what would... They, they sit down and just do this. Stamina. Yeah. And what, like, specific movements in here would they be good at? Pull-ups. Pull-ups, right. Yeah. So they just... They upper body pull, upper body pull, upper body pull all day long. Now, what would they might not be good at considering they're just sit down all day long?
1: Like any squatting. Yeah, hinging. exactly. So
0: they're going to be terrible at squatting. Mm-hmm. So you bring a triathlete in here, like, I think we should work on your squatting. And they're like you don't get our sport. <laughs> and your response to that is, you know, in a very tactful way is, you don't understand how you're gonna get better. Ba- You've topped out, you bring an Olympic kayaker in here. They've essentially topped out their capacity for what they're doing. They should not be working more at that. Mm-hmm. What we wanna be doing is squatting with them. Really kind of abstract. Now, why would that help them? Because if their lower body becomes more capable, then what would they then be able to do with overhead pressing, right? You big a build build the bigger base. So let's get them to go from a 135-pound back squat to a 315-pound back squat. Now, all of a sudden, what's going to happen to their overhead push presses and strict presses and jerks? Yeah, They're Hicks. going to go up yeah. for mm-hmm. sure, right? And if those upper body pushing movements go up, what happens to their upper body pulling movements? Much better. They get better. Yeah, yeah. So by working these seemingly abstract things of like – You know, kayakers working their legs and skiers working their arms. Like, that's how these athletes improve.
1: Yeah, have you seen that work? Like, do you have any examples of that working?
0: So let's take like one of our games games athletes. You you stretch our games athlete out. These athletes that have come into CrossFit and forever done, you know, four to 24 minute workouts, and they just live in that environment, just like four to 24 minutes, four to 24 minutes, and they've done that for five, six, seven years. Well, all of a sudden you get them to do a couple hour long workouts, and guess what happens to their four to 24 minute workout? They get better. They get better,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. a
0: lot better. Now it seems to make no sense, like I'm going so much slower, I'm going, yeah, you're building up an aerobic base, the thing that you were missing forever and you never had. When you build up an aerobic base, your ability to get the recovery systems going, your aerobic system is 85. I'm not, I'm gonna butcher the, the majority of your recovery comes through the aerobic system. Mm-hmm. In CrossFit, we don't train the aerobic system, you train the glycolytic. So you start to work with these athletes, stretch them out a little bit. All of a sudden, their sport specific gets better by training the thing that they were weakest at.
1: Yeah. The thing that I love about all of these is like, there's always something to work on. Like, you're always gonna have something that's probably a little bit lower than the others. And you're, I mean, you're trying to kind of like close that gap. That's the beauty strongs. of our
0: sport, right? Yeah. No matter where you are, you're never a 10 across the board and everything. Now, even if you are Matt Fraser, right, who might win, you know, nine out of the 13 events of the CrossFit games, there's still inside of those events that he's not topped out and he's not the best of the best, even in our sport. Mm-hmm. And then you take him out of our sport and what's Matt's back squat relative to the, the strongman? Yeah. yeah it's that's... 50%. Mm-hmm. What's Matt's um, pull ups relative to the best pull up guys in the world. It's like 9%, right? Like, Matt could probably do close to 100 pull ups unbroken. Well, I think the unbroken, the number of pull ups done in, oh, I'm gonna mess it up, but it's like in the hundreds of unbroken pull ups. No, uh, I believe so, yes. Really? Yeah, oh it's gosh. insane. It's these little guys that's like, that's what yeah. they do, ninja warriors yeah, that yeah. just.
1: So it's like, we're. But that's their specialty. Yeah,
0: yeah right. But that's their specialty. But we're, none of us are near our capacity. And what you just do is you constantly find where can you make improvements and Mm -hmm. it's everywhere across the board. Even the strengths that are the strengths that are the strengths inside our sport, as I was alluded to, are not your strengths when you get pulled outside of our sport.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Always like keeps you striving for it. I remember when I first got here, I was super strong and I did a couple classes with you that were more endurance workouts and you smoked me for like two months. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I'm not lifting a barbell. For, for two
0: months. months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you stopped smoking me. I started kicking your ass.
1: <laughs> but, uh, I mean, even kind of like within your own thing, like, I mean, surrounding yourself with people who are good at that other stuff as yep. well. It's like when you're around someone who's super strong, like they're going to push you on the weighted stuff. Absolutely. And when you're around people who are super good at endurance stuff, like they're going to push you at that. So yes. I think that's the cool part about like group training and like training with other people is like, you're always going to have those people pushing you in different areas and like pushing you to get better.
0: Expose your weaknesses, identify them, root the cause. Is it a organic issue? Is it a neurological issue? If it's an organic issue, train it, work really hard, sweat, lift heavy weights. If it's a neurological issue, skill, basically technique, mm-hmm. practice it low intensity, make, Friends with your weaknesses and then beat them to death.
1: Do you think practice is harder than training?
0: Yes, because it's not sexy. Yeah. People um, are willing to come in because you get the endorphin rush. You get to lie on the floor. You get to be like, I did so much today, man. I'm, I got the pump, or I'm sore, or I'm. There's a reward system at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Practice, there isn't any of that. It's boring. It's monotonous. It's not fun. You're not gonna do it with your buddies. So it takes a lot of discipline to be able to put yourself through that kind of level of torture of just maniacally focusing on the things that you need to improve and basically get no reward, either hormonally or socially, for your efforts. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think the biggest example like, that sticks out is the one you always say of Connor, like when he would just come and sit on a, yep. bo- like just do footlocks for rope climbs forever. He would
0: sit his butt on a box, hold onto the rope and put his feet on the rope and let go, put his feet on the rope and let go for 20 minutes nonstop. Now, no one's like coming over and be like, dude, nice job on those footlocks." <laughs> you don't get to post that to social yeah, yeah, media yeah. and you don't get any kind of like, you know, adrenaline or endorphin response that you yeah. would from like going out and running a 5K as fast you can.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you kind of know, like you've put in that work with the practice stuff. So when it comes up. Yeah. Except, it might, it, except, it, yeah. except
0: it might not get better for a long time. Yeah. That's what happens. People are like, all right, I'm putting in the work, putting in the work and it doesn't get better. And then you're like, ah, screw this. I'm going back to back squatting. It's so much more fun and rewarding.
1: Yeah, it's like sticking to it even when you don't see the immediate results. Yes,
0: that's the trick for the practice part.
1: Yeah, I think one of the cool things- It's
0: growing a bamboo forest. Oh, I love that. Yes, so like you grow a bamboo forest, right? And what you do is you plant the seeds and you diligently tend to the soil and water it consistently for- five years without any growth, nothing comes through the ground. Mm -hmm. But if you continually do it knowing that you just have trust in the process that I'm doing the right thing, watering, tending to it, watering, tending to it. And if you get kind of bored, like where is it? And you stop, it dies. But if you diligently stay disciplined and water it, having seen no results in five years, that bamboo forest grows 60 feet in like five, six, seven, eight, 10 days. Yeah. It's, that's when you'll get it. But you just can't, you can't be the person that like, I put in the work, where is it? I want to see the results. There like two weeks. That's yeah, yeah. right. It's not going to be there.
2: You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.